Welcome to the Penny and Pops podcast. He's Spencer Penny Strode. I'm Adam Pops Papa Giorgio. We're back to Zoom calls. The state of Florida has more COVID-19 cases than ever. And so Penny and I are back to social distancing practices. Good news is NBA basketball's back. You know, <laughs> There's a lot of bad stuff going on in the world, but hey, we got basketball back. So the Magic begin their scrimmages at Disney World this week. And we get to replace real world stuff with Magic Basketball. Let's go. Penny, I gotta apologize from the get-go. I jinxed us last time as far as uh, when it comes to proclaiming that there'd be no more Zoom calls. I didn't realize that uh, our stupid state of Florida governor and uh, the selfishness of uh, people in general would uh, would put us in this situation, but I'll take the blame for that. I'll, I, I'll call it a jinx and say it's my bad and that we're not uh, in the same room right now. But um, anyway, let's get on to some NBA stuff. Uh, we haven't done this for like a month and I really, really thought we'd be in a better place real world wise, uh, or at least COVID wise. But as people that, uh, are, are people are figuring out real quick that the rest of the world doesn't want anything to do with Americans right now, uh, nor as well as the sight of them, uh, because of our huge spike in COVID-19 cases. But guess what? The most important thing so far though, is there's no NBA player that has at least fully abided by the Disney World campus quarantine guidelines. No player has tested positive for COVID-19 so far, which seems like a minor miracle. But uh, it's huge news in my book from obviously an NBA perspective. Uh, you know, a few guys did get sent home uh, from, you know, a few NBA players got sent home, but they didn't abide by the guidelines entirely, so they don't count. But all 22 teams have been at Disney World for about two weeks now. They've mostly all practiced for at least a full week. And, you know, the whole multi-testing daily approach that the NBA has taken to mitigate false positives and false negatives seems to be working so far. Penny, how surprised are you that we haven't had a true positive test so far in the bubble? Uh, Well, I guess it means the bubble's working so far. I am surprised just by virtue of the fact that the, you know, it has been, I think the longest, the magic went in first, right? Yeah. 13 days uh it's been surprising to me that there's been so much uh uh consternation i guess uh amongst the players so far about trying to break out when uh it's only been 13 days and you think that maybe some of the cabin fever stuff might start happening later than this yeah it's kind of one of those where i think the league i think most of the players have bought in um There were some worries early on, and we'll get to those. But, I mean, yeah, the Magic were the first NBA team to arrive in the bubble on July 7th. You know what? I'm going to call it the campus but because Evan Fournier made a pretty good point. It's kind of like an Olympic village, and that was kind of my my, my viewpoint, my my mindset when we had initially come up with the plan to to do how this would work out. So I'm calling it the village, and – but – Probably one of the best social message things the franchise has ever done is coming out during this time, which is the get off the bench, get in the game vote campaign. Uh, I'm looking forward to all the ideas that will promote that as well as, you know, just Black Lives Matter in general, both from the league and the NBA, er, both from the league and the magic. And yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see how much how well the league leverages their platform and so far i think uh they're doing a good job you got to do more than just t-shirts and messages or you know putting a library on your bus or whatever but um you know they're making yeah, donations like there's, yeah there's actually action steps that are being brewed uh you know instead of just words so that's always the most important thing right absolutely so so far, and, and some NBA players are donating their paychecks. I, I immediately off the top of my head, Drew Holiday's donating his paycheck from you know, for this entire uh, village experience to uh, to certain causes. Uh, and as our other players, and I'm sure we're going to find more stuff either from organizations or maybe companies that sponsor the league and, and whatnot um, as we move forward. 
Okay, let's talk hotels. So from a hotel room and view perspective, uh, I think the Magic have fared better uh, than than most teams, I would say, being at the Grand Floridian. Uh, I don't see much of an advantage for the higher seeds who are at Coronado Springs. I think Paul Millsap said that he didn't have a window in his room, which didn't sound correct, but that would suck if I didn't have a hotel room for – if I didn't have a window in my hotel room for three months. Um Maybe with some players not being there or some rooms possibly being available, maybe you can get the guy window. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I, I, I like I really like the uh, the balcony views that um, some of the some of the Magic players have been sharing. Uh, you know, I think Terrence Ross can like fish off his balcony. Uh, they all can pretty much fish off their balconies. Um, I, I got to give T. Ross and Evan Fournier credit so far, and Mo Bamba to, for sharing kind of their. Uh, village experiences so far at Disney World. I think today I just saw uh, Bamba, Aaron Gordon, and T. Ross are on a boat just going down a lot of uh, lake real estate in Disney World and really enjoying themselves. And today's been a pretty good day uh, as far as uh, Florida weather goes. Um, it hasn't been ridiculously hot. And by ridiculously hot, it's it's under 95, I think, today. Um, there's a little bit of rain in the early afternoon, but that's what makes the early evenings nice when you get that out of the way. But, uh, you know, we've been roasting, uh, which is pretty general for Orlando around this time hitting like above a hundred with humidity, you know, in July and August. But I mean, I mean, it was going on in, in May and June and whatnot, which is pretty normal. But so far I haven't seen too many, uh, NBA people, be it media or players complaining about the weather. Or like the monsoon-like rain so far. It'll probably come once they start playing games a little bit more, I think. Um, they've been in the hotels most of the time, either self-quarantining or just kind of getting acclimated to, to that camp, to that uh, village, basically. But um, I did laugh when uh, Stan Van Gundy tweeted that the only advantage he saw for low-rated seeds being at the Yacht Club is more access to restaurants. I think that's a very SVG thing to say. And speaking of him... He does have a Twitter account now, does Stan Van Gundy. And personally for me, it's the best part of 2020 so far. He's come out guns blazing just with his social causes. And he's immediately way up there with uh, Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich as far as just influence that is not necessarily basketball related, but being basketball, a basketball coach or a former bas- basketball coach at the moment. Um I'm unapologetically a, yeah. a Stan Van Gundy fan, as you know, uh, and he's given us the the greatest hits right now and clearly, like, doesn't give a shit about anything with regard to future employment, and, and obviously... Well, he's still getting paid, though. He's supposed to be doing... Um, right. I mean, maybe he's with... secure enough with Turner and his Turner contract to, to speak freely, which is cool, yeah. uh, but with regard to... <laughs> Uh, you know, coming guns blazing for for while well, the DeVos family for one, and also uh, you know some yeah. of the more I guess conservative ownership groups. Uh, he's he's unfiltered as we expect him and know him to be. Yeah, it's kind of fun seeing him and Mark Cuban like tag teaming like politicians right now. It's actually really great. I'm kind of I'm kind of laughing. Uh, I'm not just kind of. I'm I'm just really enjoying it right now. And Stan's never been a shy person, even when he does like. His still does that that daily or that weekly Tuesday radio interview on ninety six nine as Central Florida radio seems to be dying every day. Um, that's still going, and the man's got strong opinions, and he's a very smart individual, and he's I mean he he's just great. Stands stands the man, and yeah. find him find him on Twitter if you're not following him. Follow the man. He's it's the best. It's probably the best thing you can do today from a from a non real world type of task perspective basically so all right how are we liking how the, what the bubble setup is obviously we 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 kind of, we've we've kind of already mentioned how the testing seems to be is definitely working right now um i mean i had some concerns going into the bubble to begin with uh probably the biggest uh mistake adam silver made was uh when he messed up on that TNT interview which seems like ages ago which it might as well have been but he was talking about how separating older coaches from newer coaches when it comes to just kind of what type of guidelines they should follow when it comes to COVID-19. You know, this was back when, and I mean, it's still technically the case, but um, obviously young people 
and by young, I mean anybody under like 40, uh, is still very susceptible to suffering some type of bad effects to testing positive for COVID-19. Whereas, you know, during the TNT interview, you know, he was kind of looking pointing out like coaches that are over the age of like 60 or whatnot, but he shouldn't have done that. He should have just kept the same guidelines for everyone period. And they've, they've corrected that since. And I mean, honestly, I don't think Adam Silver has talked much since then. He hasn't really had to. And it'll be interesting to see. I don't know if he said if he was going to show up to the bubble, to the, you know, the bubble or the campus or not. I, it's kind of interesting because watching, you know, the MLS, uh, bubble, that's occurring at Disney World as well at the ESPN Wide World of Sports. Uh, the MLS commissioner Don Garber's been there, and it'll be interesting to see if Silver shows up. But um, you know, uh, th- that's kind of a minor thing. The big one has been guys like Kyrie Irving or Dwight Howard and Carmelo Anthony who were kind of uh, speaking out and kind of speaking inaccuracies as far as telling get players to sit out. Uh, thankfully, I guess cooler heads or smart or just the the large masses of players that wanted to get paid and play and and so forth uh overruled them thankfully but there was there's like a weekend there where we might not have had a bubble there but it just would have been interesting that guys like Kyrie and Dwight and Mello who have said some very inaccurate stuff throughout their NBA playing careers actually had a chance to really kind of overthrow what what seems to be the the smart thing, at least from a business perspective, um, and definitely, well, and definitely a money perspective would would be to play. I don't know if you want to f- got anything on that. And it's also kind of weird now that uh, Dwight was one of the first players that uh, other players, or at least maybe uh, maybe it was a Disney staffer, uh, called the uh, the snitch line and called out Dwight for not wearing his mask. And then, of course, I think yesterday, as we're recording this on a Monday evening. It came out that Dwight is an anti-vaxxer, so um, not a good not a good run for Dwight Howard after he was getting like interviews with CNN. Dwight's kind of talking a little bit too much and putting himself in the hole. I don't know if you want to comment on any of that, Penny. Yeah, well, we've you know Dwight has a super high basketball IQ, but we've never confused him for a member of Mensa, so uh, not <laughs> couldn't have put it better than that. Surprising. But with regard to uh, you know not only making business sense, I think from a social currency sense too, if you're talking about uh, social justice initiatives and and all of those things where players have currency, uh, they have a lot more currency when they're playing and actually, uh, you know, in the forefront of the public as opposed to shutting the game down for a year. Uh, Certainly the 12th player on the bench for the Sacramento Kings probably um, in, in everyday life, doesn't <laughs> there's not a lot of uh, importance and weight tied to their opinion on yeah. uh, you know police funding. Mm-hmm. But when the jersey is on and they're on national television, uh, you know there's more eyeballs and more attention and more weight to words being spoken and actions that are you know that are being done. So I think all around it makes the most sense to play certainly from a business perspective. And you certainly don't want, uh, you know, the ones that you talked about and Kyrie Dwight and Carmelo are all of the ones that, uh, you know, at least contract earning wise are not hurting for money, obviously. What well, they they're set for life money. barring, barring right. Dwight's child support payments, but, um, right. I mean, they're, they're so, theoretically set for life. So yeah, for them to, to, you know, prevent people not not just ones that need a paycheck for this year but uh you know in terms of player development and everything there's a a lot of fringe nba players that that, you know Mm -hmm. whatever happens during this bubble uh can springboard them for next year or again lucrative you know almost like a summer league it's just a it's a it's a marquee summer league so there's importance for for this one and for next season and beyond there's a lot of careers at stake i think um, in the next three months too. Yeah, I mean, and that's why one way, you know, hell or high water, this is this is going to get done. There's going to be a champion crown. There's going to be some, like, there might come a situation where you know guys do test positive, um, or there might be like a couple important players that test positive, and the league goes, okay, we got to stop for ten days, even though the uh, the calendar is tight to basically from now through the middle of October, the calendar is tight, but. 
it, I mean, people, the, everyone's bought in at this point. The, the majority of, of folks tied to the NBA, be it players, staffers, owners, whatever, they, they realize, well, maybe not owners, depends how, 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 how much you're hurting for money right now. Um, but the people that need to make money right now realize that if they don't get the season done, there's not, there's, there may not be a next season. Their CBA, the CBA is going to get tr- torn to shreds and they may, they may not play a, a 2021, 2020, or sorry, 2020, 2021 season, you know, that, that may not happen. So that's why I think because enough people have bought in now that it's going to get done. There's still, you know, issues where some people aren't taking the situation serious enough, but the vast majority seem to be, and so far so good from that perspective. Now, my biggest concern was Disney not having their NBA dedicated workers or their their staffers working these hotels and whatnot and these facilities in a bubble of their own for the next, you know, three months. I I saw it as a big concern, a big red flag. So far, so good, obviously, because there's no not been any positive tests. Um, but again, it, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, but maybe Disney world has been, you know, implementing, well, Disney world has obviously been implementing certain things, maybe not necessarily putting their workers in a bubble, but clearly so far stuff, stuff's been working. Okay. Um, as far as we know, who knows tomorrow we might find that something, something's wrong, but, um, so far so good. And all right, let's get down to the magic roster now, but magic, some magic specific news now. So as I said, Fournier, Ross, Bomba have been doing a great job sharing stuff that's been going on in Instagram. Uh, the Magic head of communications or the head PR man, Joel Glass, has resurrected his Glass Half Full blog, which is also a, good, a great read. Just seeing and reading a whole bunch of behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, I'm not going to lie. I, I probably should be looking or watching more of the interviews, post-practice interviews that have been conducted. But, um, I mean, from the few I've seen – the guys seem to be meshing really well, um, and they seem to be focused on the task at hand. And from a Magic roster perspective, everyone's there but Al Farouk Aminu. Aminu's the only one that, that's not there. From a playing perspective, that may not be a bad thing just because Aminu couldn't finish anything at the rim. He was defending really well for us, but, I mean, you know, he suffered the injury. Instead of having surgery, he rehabbed it, and then... Towards the end of the rehab, he he rehurt his you know his knee and he's he's been out since then. He probably could be playing right now, but I think the mad I, I think um, because he he struggled so much with the team when he was healthy. I think the team I, I think you know Weltman and Hammond were just kind of like just just sit it out you you'll be okay. I, that that's my theory. I have nothing to back that up, but. Um, I mean, do you do you think the Magic are going to miss Aminu that much, Penny? Uh, well, certainly not if James Ennis is healthy, and I'm, we'll get to that, I'm sure. But uh, strictly chemistry-wise and production-wise from the season that was before the shutdown um, and before the injury, there was no positive net rating and no net effect uh, from Aminu being on the floor and contributing. I can't speak to the locker room presence, obviously, but yeah, uh, the production value on the floor, not, not, not Portland for sure. Yeah. And look, everyone's, everyone loves Aminu. Everyone says he's a great locker room guy. I, I don't doubt that, but from a pure player perspective, if you have Ennis and if you have Isaac, you really don't need Aminu. Um, but speaking of Ennis, going to talk about him now because he joined the Magic a few days after the team made it to the Grand Floridian, and he was the one Magic player who tested positive for COVID-19. He confirmed it on a July 15th Zoom call, uh, Zoom interview. He said he experienced symptoms, which it, that's a scary thing. You know, the majority of the people that have been testing positive with as far as NBA players go have mostly been asymptomatic, but... He said he was experiencing some symptoms, and it'll be interesting to see how he ramps back up, um, because that's the scary thing with COVID nineteen is we we don't know the long term implications. I mean, we're seeing people that are, you know, surviving it, you know, living it, living through it, but there's long term health implications, be it with lungs, um, be it with you know other vital organs being impacted by it, and so 
I, I hope he's okay. I mean, I hope every anyone that's impact that, that that gets COVID nineteen is okay. But obviously, that's not possible because we've had over one hundred thirty thousand deaths in the U.S. But, um, you know, I, I hope he's okay. There doesn't seem to be concerns right now uh, from from info that has been shared to the public so far. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's Ennis is a key part to what the magic can be, and as as far as this this uh, ramp up goes. Um, and in the same day that Ennis joined the magic, Markel Fultz joined the team after being away for a non COVID-19 matter. We don't know what the personal matter is. Hopefully everything's okay with that. Um, you know, Fultz after passing his COVID-19 test, like immediately practiced, uh, July 17th and he's been practicing since. So again, everyone but Aminu is together. Um, all right, let's talk Isaac. Do you think Isaac's going to play in, in, in this at all, Penny? Uh, I did not think that was a possibility at all until the last two weeks and the way that they've been kind of presenting information. Uh, he, I don't think he would be partaking in five-on-five, five, even if it's light contact, if they weren't trying to ramp up to get him to play at some point. What do you think? Yeah, so Jeff Waltman is, still says J.I. is doubtful. Uh, but Isaac himself is making it sound like not only he wants to play, but that he's ready to play. And I mean, you already said it, he's doing five on five stuff right now. How, how much of the five on five he's doing? I don't know. But the fact that he's doing five on five in some capacity, that's a positive thing from my point, as far as him possibly playing, you know, he's been out since January 1st. It'll be basically, you know, it'll be over seven months since you know, since his rough injury in, in DC where, you know, he, he didn't, he didn't really tear anything per se fully in that knee, but he, he suffered some pretty rough stuff. So, but by all accounts, he should be, he, you know, he, from a timeline perspective, he, he can definitely play during this time, That that's what, you know, I've seen medical professionals who have kind of, you know, weighed in on this a little bit to where, he, from a timeline perspective, can definitely play. Um, when I see Joel Glass, who, again, is the Magic PR head, um, being on the Magic Pod Squad, making it seem like Isaac could play with his day-by-day answers, if Isaac isn't playing, Joel isn't even addressing that question in my eyes. Um, you know, having, again, covered the Magic, having been in the media room, having dealt with Joel... Um, Joel doesn't, doesn't throw stuff out there just willy nilly. Like if he's saying that there's a distinct possibility that Isaac's playing. Um, and as of July 16th, that's when Isaac, uh, Jonathan Isaac participate on a limited basis in five on five scrimmages. So I think he's playing, I've been saying it since the NBA restart might have started happening. Like I really thought, you know, once once we saw late July, early August as the the timeline for when the season would restart again. Um, you know, I really thought Isaac would play, and do I think he's going to play in any of these three scrimmages that are going to happen uh, in the, in this upcoming week? Probably not. Um, I mean, if he does, then obviously he's definitely playing in at least some of the eight regular season games, but. I mean, I could see him playing in a couple regular season games, like two or three. Um, definitely not partaking in the back to in any in the back to back situation, but I, I really do think he's going to sneak in like two games, and he'll 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 play for he'll be in the playoffs. So, but we're going to see. Okay, uh, let's get to less serious stuff. How's the uh, how's the how the food picks looking to you? How's the uh, how the care package is looking in those hotel rooms, Benny? I'm surprised at the amount of uh, candy and chip and stuff that was uh, in the welcome basket, but you know me, I, I'm not picky with food. My, I'm not a highly trained, you know, professional athlete where I'm watching every calorie, but uh, I'd eat good there for, for my three months stay. Yeah, other than the uh, Velveeta mac and cheese and the vast amounts of soda and candy, it, it looks fine. Um, the the chicken it might look a little suspect to me. I, I don't know, because I guess for those first forty eight hours where you're really hardcore quarantined, like you can't pick anything like uh, specific. Like you can't order something from Del Frisco's or whatever. Like you're given 
what the Disney chefs or the Disney cooks are giving you. But um, I mean, overall, it's not, it didn't look too bad. Um, I'm not, and I'm not even mad about Velveeta. I mean, I, I'm a Velveeta <laughs> fan. I'm a craft guy. I'm, I'm a craft man. Craft is good. There, there was, uh, there was talk about the NBA uh, recently expanding the outside food delivery options to include additional. Uh, minority-owned restaurants and catering companies. And yeah. I know for a fact they don't think they're minority-owned, but I know that uh, Pigfords was actually trying to work out a situation where they could deliver some barbecue out to Disney. Right. So that would be nice. Actually, I think it's Hispanic-owned, so it actually might be. I, I could be wrong. I don't know. but um, uh, Oh, no, I was thinking of something else. You said oh, – no, yeah, I was thinking Pigfords. Yeah. I don't know, but that's cool. No, I mean, there's – that's the that's the one thing that that's kind of been pissing me off is with some of the mass media folks talking about uh, lack of food options. That's bullshit. If you actually been outside of Disney in Central Florida, we have some very good food variety here. Okay, it's not as common or it's not as as uh, as rich as you what you what you could have available in New York or L.A. But that's because those markets are gigantic. Okay. But, well, I think the history, the culinary history, is 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 richer and uh, uh, longer in other areas. Right. There's there's high quality food here, and I think that's the same thing that we uh, kind of bristle about Orlando in general is that uh, Disney World is not Orlando. No, right. It's and barely so in Orange County, so we'll take right. the tax. We'll take the tax Disney. dollars, but that's about it. So. They think they're getting the Orlando experience, but in fact, they're getting the Disney World experience, which is the same as, uh, I think, any tourist destination experience in, in any city or country that you visit. Yeah, I mean, just from our Hispanic and Asian uh, options alone, like, we got you well covered here. So, um, it'll be interesting to see, because the only, the only real food options they've had so far, I guess, are owned by a Rockets owner, Tillman Fertitta, which is very interesting. I'd be curious to see how much money he's making off of that. But So Tillman Fertitta, before he was the Rockets owner, obviously, there was the uh, UFC stuff and everything. Have you watched any? He's also a reality TV star. He has a billion-dollar buyer show. I believe it's on CNBC. Have you ever caught any of those episodes? I have not. Have you, and can you comment on that? I, I've watched nearly every episode, if not every episode. First of all, he's he's a funny guy, and he talks funny. And secondly... Wait, define <laughs> funny. What makes it funny? Uh, he's He's got uh, mannerisms that are funny, and I think, uh, you know, like terms of phrases and everything. Okay. Off the path, but you can do whatever you want when you're a billionaire, I guess. Uh, but the, the show primarily is him sourcing products and services for... Uh, all of the restaurants that are part of this, and then also like the resort and casinos. So it's uh, it's kind of interesting, and I'm I'm very familiar with uh, all of the restaurants, and also the Post Oak Hotel in Houston, which he spent a lot of money um, developing and opening. All right, well, yeah, and look, I, I, it'll be interesting to see. Like they're free. I mean, they're building. They've already built like a, a, a building specifically for barber shops, but it's interesting to see how much uh, these players will venture out from, I guess, chains that they already know of to, to well, some of these local establishments. Too. Yeah. Uh, he owns the Bubba Gum Shrimp Company. Is there another Bubba Gum Shrimp Company in Orlando other than the one that's located on Universal City Walk property? Not that I'm aware of. Do you have it? I, I can't recall. Yeah, I think that's the only one. So, I, I, if anyone's really hankering for bubble bubble gum, I wonder if Disney left that slide. But technically, that money is going at least the the rent portion over to Universal. Oh man, I'm just thinking of the Forrest Gump movie right now. Um, all right, I'm just thinking of Blue, thinking of going over all the uh, all the shrimp food options like a lot of options. like shrimp casserole, shrimp pie, shrimp stew. Shrimp, it's great. It's it's. I was just thinking of that, but um, you've eaten at Bubba Gump. I don't think I've ever eaten before, and I can't remember. You didn't like. You didn't have a good experience, or did you? I can't recall now. Um, I I have eaten there. Uh, 
I, I don't remember anything notable about it other than, you know, you sit on the bench outside and put your feet in the Forrest Gump shoes. Fair enough. And I actually... Nothing to do with the food, so... And I, I, and I sat on the actual Forrest Gump bench at Paramount Studios in L.A. back in January, which seems like a lifetime ago, but that's very interesting. Okay, so let's say we were media members covering the league and we're at the bubble. We're there the entire four months. What are you bringing entertainment wise or just bringing survival wise i guess especially to use during the quarantine stage especially for the quarantine stage obviously you're there the whole four months but um i'm gonna give you my list obviously i'm bringing a laptop i'm bringing my ps4 uh podcast and video recording equipment because i would i would podcast and video record the living hell out of this and and really try to try to push my brand for push our brand, I guess in our case with the, with this pod. But, um, I have a game of Thrones book collection, which I, I've, I've just started the first book. I, I saw the whole series. I never read any of the books. It's a lot of reading. Like I could, I could def, I wouldn't be able to complete the collection. Let, let's just put it that way. But I would bring, I would bring that book collection. If I can't ship like a workout bench, I'd get a yoga mat, um, workout bands, I have this humidifier that is really my sleep machine because of just the great sound, soothing sounds it makes. Like I, it really, it really helps um, me fall asleep. And then I'm good for four months. I don't know if you got a list or not, but that's a pretty, that's a pretty good list. Is the are the books new? Have you so you're just cracking them open? You just purchased the book set? Yeah, I got a pretty good deal off of uh, off of Amazon um, a couple months ago, and I, I just. Between finishing, you know, with my MBA, uh, you know, now I, I don't have any school stuff to worry about, so I can actually start reading again. So um, I've been pretty bad of late when it comes to touching the book, but I, I just restarted again last night to where like I'm gonna actually start reading like every night at least a little bit. So, but these books are huge, and like uh, page wise, they're huge. Like size wise, they're small. Like the typeface is small. Like. There's a lot to read in there, which that's fine with me. I, it's it, and it's always I always recommend people if you want to fall asleep, don't look at a computer screen or don't look at your smartphone. Just read a book for like ten minutes and you'll be out. So, but what do you got? Yeah, well, I think you've pretty much nailed the list. I I haven't played. I'm sad to say, I don't think that I've played a video game. Like I haven't owned a console in at least a decade. So, I mean, if somebody's inviting me to their room to, to chop it up, I'll do that. But otherwise, I'm going to give a plug to our local library system. And the, the Orange County Library System has a very nice, uh, like, online rental system. So that's what I've been doing primarily. You know what? My mom actually does that. And honestly, it's free. You should do it. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's really great. And I honestly, yeah, if you don't want to pay the money for books or whatever, like, do that. Like, it's, it's great. And they... They have like delivery service. It's not even just in the mail. Like sometimes, like a guy will like drive it to your house. Like it's it's really great. So, um, so that's that's a good way to get all your New York Times bestsellers and everything else. I I keep myself uh, entertained reading wise. And other than that, I mean, I'm I imagine it's going to be like summer league for the media, right? So you're going to be clocking at least twelve hour days going from venue to venue, and then outside of that, just crank on the TV, hopefully get HBO or something in the room, depending on what, <laughs> which hotel they stick me at. But other than that, I'm, I'm content. This is the, I live the bubble life every day of my life. I, any, any day that I leave the house is, is a failure for me. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's tough, man. Like it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's tough. I, I feel like it's kind of funny because I'm seeing like media folks like complaining about just kind of options or access or whatever i'm just like you're out of the house like you're there like i know you're away from your families for a while i get that but like just just live it up man just enjoy because you're theoretically getting more access than any media member has had to nba players since like the 92 olympics like this is an opportunity to really and even though access is going to be limited in some instances like you're not gonna be able to go to locker room um but You'll be able to see these guys. I mean, I've already seen all the reporters that have talked about seeing guys in the lobby or like people like hit them up to just hang out for a bit or whatever. Like, you have all this access in the world and just enjoy it because you may not get it again. And who knows when things get back to normal? Well, we'll know when we get a vaccine that that people that enough people will have taken. But um, 
from an activity perspective there, there's a lot of golfing and fishing occurring based off of uh, social media accounts. Uh, not sure I'd partake in either. That includes shotgunning beers. Uh, cornhole, yes. Uh, the Players' Lounge looks pretty cool. You know, there's the table tennis and the video games. That looks great. Um, there's plenty of walking around space, though, which is right up my alley because you obviously know how much I love walking. And then, you know, the Magic and the other teams staying at the Grand Floridian are planning a cornhole tournament for charity, which that sounds pretty great. But, um, yeah, I don't know how many of those uh, activities interest you. Like, I I suck at golf. Um, I'm not good at top golf. Like I can, I, 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 just, I, I don't have a golf swing. I, I really don't. Um, I feel like if you played any type of baseball, you'd be good at it. Um, but I also don't care for shotgunning beers. Um, it's never been my thing. Like I'd rather do flip cup or beer pong or just chug in general, rather than potentially splitting my lip open on a, on a shitty can of beer. Um, but I don't know how many of those activities sound good to you. Fishing, I don't know if I'm patient enough for fishing. Um, the last time I fished, I think I was 12. And it's just, it, it takes way too much patience. I'm not a still enough person to be that patient. Um, That's very true. Also, seeing Gary Clark just clean house and being so good at fishing that Mo Bamba has to use one of his fish to make it look like he caught a fish on Instagram. Um, Gary Gary Clark is, is so far the... Uh, the NBA season restart MVP in my book from a magic perspective, but, um, cornhole, I think you're the better cornhole player than me. Like I'd like to think I'm okay, but I, I think from the times we've played, you're, you're pretty good at it. So I don't know how many of those activities interest you or not, but yeah, I'm, I'm obviously a fisherman. I think I've been one time in my life. And again, I, golf is not, I, I'm not, I'm not an outdoor activity person on the whole. So, uh, Walking is cool, and there's a lot to explore there for sure. I'll, I'll drink some beer if you want me to shotgun. I can do that, but let's just uh, why don't we just grab the domestic beer and take it around town and see what we can stumble across on on Disney property? And that, I'm pretty content with that. All right, let's get into a little bit of magic schedule talk, and then we'll take a few tw- Twitter questions at the end. So we got three warm up games, and then the eight seeding games. So for the three warm-up games, they start Wednesday, 3 p.m. Magic at Cl- Magic. Well, I don't know why I say at Clippers because they're all at, at, at the same area in Disney World, the ESPN Wild Wide World of Sports. It's one of three arena options basically um, that are offered there. But Wednesday the 22nd, you, you play the Clippers. Then you play the Lakers Saturday the 25th. That's a noon game, um, and then you're at Denver on Monday the 27th. Uh, a 7 p.m. tip. So the three warm-up games and then the th- the eight regular season games are all going to be shown by Fox Sports Florida, which is great because I've actually seen some NBA teams aren't broadcasting like some of the games or at least some of the scrimmage games. The Magic, they're broadcasting all of them. We're going to get David Steele, Jeff Turner, uh, Dante Marcatelli at uh, Amway Center. They'll be doing their broadcast, basically. Um David and Jeff, they tweeted out a picture. They, they're going to be set up in the actual interview room, which is where you know Coach Clifford would do interviews pre-game and post-game usually. But they're doing their broadcast in there. So I'm actually kind of fascinated from an acoustic perspective and a, and a volume level, like how much they're going to actually yell. Because you can't, it's one thing to call games with a huge amount of fans around you. Like you can be loud as possible. It'd be interesting to see if that actually carries over to uh to this stuff i'm sure it will they're both professionals they'll they'll do well but um what do you think of these three preseason or scrimmage games um, if well, anything yeah the, the scrimmage games i i would put absolutely zero into and i think in terms of uh you know the the strength and performance team and everything that it's just going to be and probably the first few seating you know regular season seating games too that Everyone's going to be on a minute restriction. There's going to be a lot of, you know, feeling out how how hard we can go. I don't think there's going to be, even from a, from a coaching perspective, I don't think, like, there's any uh, combinations. I think you'll see a lot of B.J. Johnson. I think you'll see a lot of Vic Law. I think you'll see a lot of Michael Carter-Williams. And um, really, it's just going to be probably getting a chance to go, you know, five-on-five five against somebody other than intra-squad. So, 
Uh, it'll be nice to see more basketball. I know, I think we both kind of enjoyed watching like the tournament games and stuff. So it'll be nice to, to see professionals going up and down, but I, I'll be honest with you. I don't, I don't know what to expect. I don't know what the quality will be um, specifically for the, for the scrimmages. Yeah. Look, you're going up against the Clippers and the Lakers, the first two games, both of them are the, are the top two seeds in the West. They may, they may not play like their best guys at all. Like, um, I mean, especially, uh, I'm really not expecting much from uh, from them. I mean, maybe they will play, you know, some of their heavy hitters or whatever, at least a little bit. But, yeah, you're right. Like, if a team wins by 30 or loses by 40 or whatever, just don't look into it at all. These don't count. Um, you're literally just trying to get your players up and down the floor and just making it look like they're somewhat ready for these regular season games. That's all you're looking for. That Denver game, that last game on Monday the 27th, Denver doesn't even have like a full team. Like, I think they still only have like eight or ten guys only. Like they're still waiting on guys to either show up there or like finish with self-quarantining. Like that'll be interesting alone in itself. Like how many guys do they have? But um, yeah, I, I wouldn't look into it. I, I'm, I will be in, – the. I think the biggest thing that we'll look at is what are the atmospheres like for these games? Like, what do they have set up from a from a music perspective, from a PA announcer perspective? That's actually the most like the most intriguing thing to me. Like, what type of camera angles are we going to get? And I think it's more of an NBA test from from that perspective than it is even a test for these teams. But and I wonder too. Speaking, I mean, that's I think what I'm most excited about, interested in seeing. Um, and I wonder, too, if the, the scrimmage games will have a different production feel than the seeding games. And, you know, specifically talking about the local, the regional sports networks that are covering the scrimmages and, and even some of the seeding games versus ESPN, ABC, TNT, NBA TV. And, um, you know, even if they'll crank up the production value once the scrimmages get done, too. Yeah. And then we have the eight regular season games. Yeah, it, it starts July 31st with the Magic playing the Nets at 2.30. Look, the Magic, if they just beat the, the, the Nets twice, both on the 31st of July and then, you know, the seventh of the eight games on Tuesday, August 11th, I think they'll lock up the seventh seed. Like, that's that. I don't even know if Brooklyn's going to win a game there because Brooklyn's without so many guys. It's, it's, it's absurd almost at this point. I mean, Brooklyn... And I'll, I'll tell you about the Wizards, too, because the Wizards, they don't have – they still don't have uh, John Wall. They won't have Bradley Beal. Uh, they don't have Davis Bertens. Like, it's – they're they're missing some of their heavy hitters in that regard. But, I mean, you look at Brooklyn. Brooklyn still won't – they won't have Kyrie Irving. They still won't have Kevin Durant. They won't have Wilson Chandler. They won't have DeAndre Jordan, which is good news for Jared Allen, I guess, but they won't have DeAndre Jordan. Uh, they don't have Spencer Dinwiddie. They don't have Torian Prince. The, one of the guys they signed as replacement, Michael Beasley, tested positive, and he won't be there either. So it's just like, I, if Brooklyn wins more than one game, I'll I'll be pleasantly surprised. And look, I know they got Kar- I know they got Karis LeVert, and I know they got Jamal Crawford, and each of them could potentially put up forty. Even if they both put up forty, that's eighty points. You still got to get a few more to win games. Um, I look. I don't want to. I don't want to get in the the prediction game right now. We we got time for that. But would you agree that it'd be a colossal failure if the Magic don't jump up that half game from eighth to seventh and claim the seventh seed going into the playoff games? I it would be a colossal failure uh, just based on both the the well the Wizards are not really a consideration, but the Wizard and the Net rosters. Um, if the Magic did not overtake, and also the fact that Jock Vaughn is coaching the Nets, I think it would be a colossal failure to not overtake them and be seven for sure. Yeah, that's the thing. Look, if it was Kenny Atkinson, I'd be like, you know what? They might win two, three games. But it's Jock Vaughn. Like, I'm not, I look, he, he seems to be a decent assistant coach or a good assistant coach. But considering how it went in Orlando, like, I'm sure he learned a lot. Some of it's not his fault, obviously. But I don't. If I'm a Brooklyn Net fan, I would not have a lot of confidence in Jacques Vaughn getting a, a ton out of out of this roster. But then again, you got some of these other NBA teams that are either set in their seating or they just won't care enough to where, you know what, maybe Brooklyn wins three games. Who knows? But um, look, the Magic, one way or another, they got to claim that seventh seed. And we'll we'll get into it more next episode. But um, just, just get that seventh seed, build some momentum, and get into the playoffs. And... 
we'll see from there. But all right, one more thing before we got a couple of Twitter questions. So unfortunately, the Magic fired 10% of their full-time staff on Friday the 17th, uh, which that's about 31 workers. Um, well, that's not about. It is 31 workers, which includes John Denton, who was with the franchise for about 10 years as the Magic beat writer, um, covering the team as a team employee. Prior to that, he was with Florida today for 13 years before that. So he's arguably been around covering the Magic for about 23 years. And that, I mean, that goes from Penny and, you know, the Penny and the end of the Penny and Nick days to Hart and Hustle to McGrady to Dwight, 09 finals run and so forth. And it's just a really big surprise. There's been a high, a pretty large negative reaction towards the DeVos family, which is fully deserved. Um, but I'm just really surprised that, that that they got rid of Denton, and it's just a really really bad look for for the the Voss family and for the Magic in that regard. And like I, I got to spend a lot of time with Denton when I was covering the team. Um, him and Josh Robbins are the two guys, the two main guys. They get their questions in first. They they have a lot of they they can show you the ropes if you're a newbie. They 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 were really helpful for me and. It's it just sucks that you know Den couldn't go out on his terms I guess in that regard but hopefully he gets a great writing gig I mean now that he's not muzzled by 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 the Magic organization himself you know maybe he'll get back to being able to write more opinionated stuff like he did when he was with Florida today which got him that Magic gig to be to begin with and he has so many stories from the just the inception of the franchise because of all the people that he's talked to that have been related you know tied to the magic that i hope he comes out with a book one day just with all these magic stories because there's not really a definitive book when it comes to that the best book in magic history is pat williams book which is basically his diary for how the magic were created but there's no like full-on story book really that's out there in my mind and be cool if he actually did that but i don't know what your uh, reaction is to this stuff um, I, well, I think it was kind of, yeah, cowardly is not the right word, but uh, I mean, in a way, it is. I mean, you're doing it on a Friday. You're doing it. I mean, you spent you, and it wasn't even all of their two million dollars, but you spent a large chunk of money to keep, you know, to pay employees, Amway Center employees, not just for the Magic, but for well, I guess for the Lakeland Magic, for the Solar Bears, and so forth. Pretty much anyone tied to, um, you know, the Orlando sports scene that the DeVos family owns. Like, but some of the players pitched in for that too. Like when, when you, when your family that's worth $5 billion, when you are a company like Amway, that's probably not hurting that much right now in this environment based off their business model. Like, it's just weird that they would get rid of 31 positions. That that's, that's just my thing. Like, and they're spinning it as uh, you know, reimagining or streamlining the organization for a post COVID world. But uh, let's be real. Every every NBA team has a, a, a team employee that is the feature writer to produce content for the team website. So that position's not going anywhere. Uh, maybe they're you know spreading it amongst other duties or, or what have you. But I, I think uh, specifically for for Denton because that's public facing. We we feel real bad about that. But that's also thirty other people that are looking for uh you know niche employment in professional sports yeah depending on what their job duties are um that you know that's that's tough that's i mean tough. it's it's also uh, i think it's also an indication too that i guess my thinking that there's not going to be nba basketball in in all these arenas next season might actually be a thing because they, they'll probably have to do a version of this bubble for 2020 2021 but still that's i I don't know, man. I, I, I felt like, I, look, these these families, these businesses don't become as wealthy as they are by by being, I guess, charitable or I guess by, by paying people not to do stuff. I, I get that. But at the same time, it's like you could have waited a while longer, man. Like I know other teams are, are doing this in some capacity, but – I just feel like it, it. It. It's terrible timing. It's. It's well, not a good look. They're, they're not espousing the, you know, for the family values, right? It's a family-owned team. Yeah. And 
employees are supposed to be part of that family. Um, and, and again, it's one thing if you literally can't afford to do it. Uh, it's another thing when you choose not there's, to. There's, there's runway left. Yeah. Right? There's, there's runway left financially. So, yeah. Uh, it's tough. I just feel like sometimes, well, not sometimes, a lot of times, our franchise is just cursed, and we're not gonna we're not gonna win a championship till the DeVos family sells the team. That's that's just kind of always been in the back of my head this whole time. But who knows? We'll see. Um, anyway, all right, let's get to the Twitter questions. So first, first of two. So at Darren Ag, Mr. Darren Gibbons, do you think there's a reason the Magic haven't included many, if any, highlights of Mo or Isaac in their practice videos? Are they trying to keep them under wraps, or should we be worried that Michael Carter Williams is looking like our best player right now? Would you like to take? That I have a first? thought on that, but I want to hear your take first. So first off, um, those ten games after the All Star break that the Magic looked good. Uh, Michael Carter Williams was awesome. He averaged like 17 points per game, I want to say, or at least for. I think the last five, he averaged like 19. It was something absurd, especially when uh, Fournier messed up his elbow. Like MCW was starting or was playing a lot of shooting guard, and he actually looked pretty good. So, look, man, hustle, hustle gets you paid. Ask Patrick Beverly. And so, um, I mean, MCW getting a lot of attention isn't a bad thing. Uh, but from a from a from a Mo Bamba or Isaac perspective. Yeah, I don't think they want to show too much Isaac. Although I mean, he's—I mean, both Bomba and Isaac have, have been showing up a little bit. But look, with Isaac, they—they don't want to show much. And again, we don't—we don't know how much of these five-on-fives he's actually doing, or how much of these drills he's actually partaking in. But just to see him out there a little bit, running up and down, that's good enough for me right now. Um, Bomba is different because there's the thing where he's—he's he's huge. He swole Bomba now. He put on 28 pounds of muscle or whatnot. How much of that in his legs and his base? I don't know. But, and how much of that is actually going to help his game? I don't know. I mean, the only time I've seen Bomba in most of these highlight videos is when Vucevic is scoring on him in the post. So, I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing. But, I wouldn't look too much into it. Some of it is protective, yes. But, I mean, it's I, I really wouldn't look too much into it. I So, I have two points. One, I aligning with you, right, that if they're limited in practice, then there's less opportunity to be filmed for post-practice video uh, cut-ups. And then secondly, from from being a coach, and, and also, um, I, I'm going to conflate the years, but whatever year that Larry Hughes was on the team, if that was 2012, 2013, or... I think that um, was... Uh, no, he was there for the last white year, right? So that would have been 11-12? maybe, yeah. yeah. But, so... I actually got the opportunity to watch a couple of practices that like that year, like, you know, full practices. And one of the best players, one of the players that looked the best in the practice was Larry Hughes, who yeah. uh, didn't even make it, you know, through the first month of the season. So and when you're coaching too, Michael Carter Williams is actually a guy that's going to look, I mean, you notice him in the games, but he's going to look exceptional in practice. There are some players that, um, look better in practice than they do in the games. Yeah. Um, and then that's more a more opportunity to be captured on video and then sent out on the distribution. So I, I think that's part of it too, right? Like Vooch is going to look like Vooch and maybe that's not worth capturing because he's going to do in the games what he does in practice. But some of the players that fly around, um, I think can draw more camera attention in practice than they do in the actual games too. Yeah. And it's not like they're showing like actual plays or sets. Like they're, they're just like doing like drills that, that are part of the scrimmage or that are part of the scrimmaging. So yeah, it's, and I don't know if you had another point you wanted to add to that or not. That's all I got. I'm ready to see real stuff. <laughs> okay. One more question. This is from at Stephanie and Lou. How do you realistically see a first-round matchup go with either the Raptors or Celtics? What matchup would you prefer and why? You want to take that one? Well, first of all, I think we have to throw every single projection and prognostication out the window because nobody has any idea what any team is going to look like when they actually get going again. Um, Absolutely. If you're talking about based on the season that was, uh, I you know, I, I think that we would match up better. I think we do match up better with the Raptors than certainly with the Bucks, which is not part of this question, and also with the 
with the Celtics where there's a little bit more versatility across the wing and I think a little bit more more skill on the Celtics. Um, Vooch might have a better opportunity against the Celtics, but I think the, the team as a whole is probably, certainly without Kawhi Leonard there now in Toronto, um, is, is better equipped to, to deal with you know our roster versus their roster. That being said, it would be hard for me to see any other outcome other than a five or six game series with uh, with Toronto, where uh, you know the Raptors would come out on top, and I think if it was the Celtics, it would be four or five games. Yeah, with Boston, look, I know the Magic played the Celtics well last regular last regular season, but they're way better now. Um, I it's I would be curious to see how Vooch would go up against uh, Tice and Cantor, and then same goes with Fultz going up against Kemba Walker. I mean, look, the key here is the Magic are going to have a couple guys that they haven't had before in a playoff series. They're going to have Markel Fultz. They're going to have Mo Bamba, who, again, those guys didn't play in the playoffs last season. Then you got guys like James Ennis, who so far have been really good additions to the Magic, uh, or has been a really good addition to the Magic. And so... From that perspective, the Magic are better, especially if Isaac's playing. The Magic as a whole are better. And and it's, look, a lot of what last season was about, too, or last postseason, a lot of guys got playoff reps that they'd never gotten before, you know, including Vooch, including Fournier. And so getting that out of the way is a big deal, I think. That pressure is just gone now. Like, you have that behind you. I, I think the Magic would fare better against the Raptors. I also would prefer their, their meet, them meeting the Raptors again because this is kind of the barometer, or, or at least the scale, where you're comparing yourself to the team that beat you last season. Now, the Raptors are not as good as they were last year, no matter how, even though they'll probably finish with the second seed in the East. They don't have Kawhi Leonard. They don't have Danny Green. Those were two of the three players that killed us the most, I thought in the playoffs. Danny Green kicked Fournier's ass last last postseason, and Kawhi was the best player on the court. Now, they still got Pascal Siakam, who many would tout is probably going to be the best player in that series, in, in, in that series should the Magic and Raptors meet. But I like that Marcus Gasol lost a lot of weight. Good for him health-wise, but from a basketball perspective, I think that helps Vooch a lot. I still don't think Cal Lowry is sh- is 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 like a great player when it, when it comes to having to carry a team in the playoffs. Um, and we got Markel Fultz this time. There's something said. There's something to be said about a kid that just doesn't care about pressure at times, or he, he or just doesn't care about big moments. And I mean, we've he hasn't had to do it on this big of a stage before, but. Then again, this is like a summer league setting right now. Like you don't have to worry about go flying to Toronto or dealing with Raptors fans. Like you don't have to do that anymore. You're on neutral ground. You're a, a better team than you were last postseason going up up against a team that as deep as they are, as great as the coach as Nick Nurse is, that's that's a weaker team than it was last year. And so if the Magic can put up a decent record here with these regular season games, I don't care about their their matchup with with Toronto in you know in one of those eight games. Like I don't care. Like neither team's going to try and show much that game. I, I wouldn't worry about that. But if you build up a little bit of momentum going into the playoffs, I really think the Magic can win that series. And look, I'm Mister Optimistic. I get that, but I want Toronto. That's that's kind of what it comes down to. And I agree with you. Toronto, I think, is a potentially better matchup for us than than Milwaukee or or uh, Boston. I'll, I'll leave it at that. I don't know if you want to add anything else to that. I, I think that says it. Uh, I think that says it all. And I think there's a good point to be made too that yeah, our younger players got playoff reps last year. But what will the playoffs look like this year? Certainly, there's you know the the competitive drive for professionals is is immense. But when there's no you look, you know, right? Mm-hmm. The the playoff atmosphere is palpable and tangible, and to not have fans, I don't know what kind of uh, maybe crowd noise or what have you. that yeah. the league pump into playoff games to kind of change the atmosphere, but it's not going to be a, a typical traditional playoff run. So you know, the the game the flow is going to be different. And I think the the feelings for the players will certainly be different, and how that will manifest on the court will be uh, we'll have to wait and see. Absolutely. 
All right. We appreciate you listening to another episode. Please subscribe and give us a wonderful rating. Tweet us any of your questions and feedback. Penny, what's your Twitter handle? At Spencer Stroke. And I'm at Papa Giorgio MBO. And with that, go magic, take care, and just win. Get out the way, get out the way, get out the way, yeah. Yeah. Get out the way, get the fuck up on my way, yeah. Yeah. You win.